Hello everyone, hello YouTube, hello Spotify. Uh, today I'll be doing a book review. Uh, it's by this book by Bill Gates, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Frankly, I need to admit that I'm not a, a reader myself. I read a few pages and I just fall asleep quickly. It's just so boring. But, you know, me myself, I've always been a... I really like the novel causes that Bill Gates devotes his life to, like global health, uh, gender equality, uh, global education um, yeah and also me myself being a father of a daughter I you know climate change is something that's close to my heart hopefully I can leave a better world for my children so yeah I read the book I finished in about five days not a fast reader myself but uh, it's quite interesting uh, so Bill Gates went through the top emitters of greenhouse gases uh, the first one being how we make things like cement steel and then moving on to how we produce the food that we eat like you know cow they burp and fart methane and uh, how we go, how we go about how we trans how we move around uh, transportation uh, how we get our electricity burning coal and gas uh, fossil fuels yeah, it's quite an interesting book and he presents an urgent case for the world the human population needed to come together and reduce the current emission amount of 51 billion greenhouse 51 billion tons of greenhouse gases a year to literally zero by 2050 2050 2050 uh, that is uh, quite a difficult I mean he presents he, he explains that it's quite a difficult task but it's achievable given the technology so um, when he says zero he doesn't really mean zero because everything we do emits greenhouse gases uh, but there are technologies such as direct air capture, DAC, that kept, nips the problem in the butt and, you know, captures the greenhouse gases. Yeah. So, uh, when I read the book, uh, honestly, I was a bit sad because at the point of writing, Bill Gates was still married to his wife, Melinda Fredgate. And the most commonly reported reason was because of Bill Gates' link to the committed sex offender, Jeffrey Imstein. Uh, okay, I need to point out something. During reading the book, I realized that Bill Gates has a power. He has the power to garner all his wealthy friends, uh, raise a sum of money, and uh, commit a, a sum of money towards a cause. And he mentioned an example in a United Nations related conference where he raised a fund of money very quickly by garnering his wealthy friends, uh, raising a sum of money, and presenting it to the French, French president. So, yeah. Um, my my guess is that he got acquainted with Jeffrey Einstein for the purpose of uh, raising funds because the guy is rich, right? The committed sex offender is rich for raising funds. But I think he went through the, uh, you know, such that he uh, caused his wife to be unhappy like, and resulted in a, a divorce. Uh, it's quite sad because, uh, I mean, me myself, I'm married for three years and it's a huge part of my life. Uh, I cannot fathom how I really cannot fathom how you know Bill Gates you know being in, the, in his 60s and 70s 60s 70s having gone through so much with his wife having three children having so much assets under their name uh, helming the Gates Foundation together uh, going and you know divorcing after like I think what like they were married since 1994 so 20 plus years, not 30 plus, 30 plus years of marriage. Yeah, it's a bit sad. 
uh, it's quite shocking, quite alarming to me. But you know, the it happened. Yeah, and also Bill Gates had a reputation for flirting, for wooing his subordinates during times Microsoft. But here's the thing. Here's my suspicion. Uh, what I suspect is uh, now don't call me anywhere. What I suspect is a minor cause of their divorce. This is uh, Melinda French Gates. Uh, demand for equality or in terms of their in terms of authority in their work so they have a, a kids foundation right and you know they have the same resources same uh, same share of authority making same share of uh, uh, authority but what is funny here is that Bill, uh, the wife is not obviously not as talented as Bill Gates. So should there be equality? Well, there is obviously not an equality in terms of talent. Right? Uh, disclaimer, I have nothing against women. My wife, she's more talented than me. She earns more than me. I think she earns like a few times more than me. And I'm happy for her. I'm really happy for her. Um, but the thing about Bill Gates and his wife is that uh, the girl, the wife started out as a product manager in Microsoft. Okay, that is above average. To me, that is above average. I can never get into like those big companies. Maybe as a cleaner or like a technician, maybe yes. But I can never get into those big companies. But bring a product manager is nowhere as near as starting a billion dollar company like Bill Gates. So, um, yeah, uh, a bit funny there. I mean, is gender equality really equality? And what I feel is funny is that after the divorce, uh, some money that the wife got from the divorce, right? She donated it to gender equality together with Jeff Bezos, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. So these rich women with all the money that, that they get from their rich husbands, rich ex-husbands, decide to donate it to gender equality. Uh, I don't know, it sounds to me like these women are reinforcing the idea of gender equality because if you're championing the idea of equality, you would be earning the donations yourself. Yeah. Um, wait, I need to get back. Sorry, I, I got carried away. I need to get back to the book. Um, actually, I don't want to, I don't really want to get into like the technicalities of, uh, you know, the possible solutions to uh, each of the carbon the greenhouse gases emitter problems but um, something I really liked about the book was how Bill Gates highlighted very practical uh, limitations to solutions like clean energy for example solar and wind so the practical limitations are like how um, storing them we do not we are not able to store them uh, for long periods of time in, in batteries right Today, batteries are simply not good enough and the sun doesn't shine 24-7, the wind doesn't always blow. So that's a problem. We need to store, but we cannot store for long. So, you know, at night when we need light, you know, the sun is down, how are we going to do about it? And also the idea of location, because the sun and wind doesn't blow everywhere. So we need to transport the stored energy to somewhere. And we do that. to do that, we need an energy grid. And Bill highlighted how the uh, US has a massive task uh, to build uh, transportation grids. 
So I also agree with Bill Gates that you know, uh, the biggest solution to this uh, climate change is how we generate electricity. And the best way, the cleanest way, the most reliable way is nuclear energy. And, you know, war, uh, war, like, you know, the World War II has brought a bad name to nuclear energy because of all the, because US used it to bomb Japan. Yeah, it's still brought a bad name to it, but it is the only non-carbon uh, emitting energy source that can provide energy 24-7, 24-7. So yeah, I think nuclear energy is the way to go, but uh, it's more complex than that. You know, you need to store it. If you want to dispose of nuclear energy, you need to like build it like super deep underground. Yeah. So something I did like about the book was that, you know, being in Singapore, the book is not largely uh, written in the context of the US, uh, maybe some things in Europe, or some things in China, but not much Southeast Asia, which uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if the way that you get quoted, like how they produce electricity relates to us. Yeah. Something that I didn't like also was how uh, deep down in my heart, something I didn't like, but I knew that it was necessary was carbon tax. So um, we need to factor in uh, environmental damage into the things that we buy. Like for example, electricity. If we burn fossil fuels into, there's carbon tax involved. Uh, you know, Bill Gates often mentioned the term green pre uh, green premium, which is the price difference between fossil fuels and its green alternatives. So yeah, I just want to that. Uh, I mean, Singapore implemented carbon tax in two thousand nineteen, but I think there has to be. I don't know when I speak to people around me, like during the recent Chinese New Year, right? I speak to some relatives, they are like, hey, this carbon, this carbon footprint thing is really bullshit. I mean, do you really, I quote them, uh, do you really monitor your carbon tax, uh, your carbon footprint? I say like, um, I don't monitor them like how some people monitor calories intake to their body, but I try to minimize it as much as I can. Uh, so how I do that, you know, I often, uh, electricity whenever I don't need them. Uh, I try, I try my best to cut down on red meat. I try my best to uh, um, recycle. Yeah. So some things that I learned from this book that I feel will influence my actions in real life, in like reality, is that the idea of green premium. Because uh, initially, right, when I see things like impossible burger, impossible meat, you know, the lab developed uh, meat alternatives, which using plants, plant-based meat alternatives. Um, I always think they're very expensive. You know, who will buy a burger for like $12 when you can get uh, real meat for like five, $6. So, uh, but now having read the book, uh, knowing how hard the labs, right, the company, the green companies, how hard, how much effort, how much time they devoted to developing this meat, it actually puts into perspective that actually this impossible meat is actually quite cheap. They actually tried their best to lower the green premiums as much as possible. So, I mean, even though there is a, there's still a price difference, uh, if you are able to afford it, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be more willing to pay for it. Huh? I mean, 
Singapore cost of living is really so high already. What is five six dollars gonna matter, right? So um, yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, that is the end of my podcast. I am currently trying to read another book. It's a literature book, uh, Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. Hopefully, I can finish reading the book. Uh, I only got through like maybe the first ten percent of it. Yep. Thank you so much.